Hey sister, do you feel stuck? Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi, I'm Michelle Porterfield, certified mindset and breakthrough coach, mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker, and promise breaker. Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk, or buckle up for your commute, girl. Get ready for straight talk and the truth, because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. Hey sisters, today I have an exciting interview. I love speaking with women who have um, walked through a journey and have gotten on the other side to alcohol freedom. So I have Jessica with me. She is now 32 and um, has stopped drinking at 29 and I look forward to hearing her story. So first, Jessica, thank you for taking the time to hang out with me tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So I just want to kind of back up. I like to just start before, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the journey. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, maybe the years moving up to when you decided to finally quit drinking. Kind of what, what did your life look like and um, what led you to the place of like, okay, this is not working. So just share. Um. <clears throat> I was a pretty, I'd say, normal drinker throughout college and, you know, starting a little bit in high school. Um, you know, just the normal college parties on the weekends and then going out, you know, and, um, with friends and everything. Um, but it got to a point where it, it started to make me really depressed and I didn't know that at the time. I didn't link the two together. Um, and I, I think that started making me drink more cause that made me feel better, but then it was kind of that, you know, feeling better and then it making it worse. So, um, I kind of, I would go to, um, concerts on the weekend and overindulge and then feel bad the next day and then try to have a, have a cocktail at lunch to try to feel better and it was just that cycle until from Friday night to Sunday night and um, then I went through a breakup and that I think set me over the edge where I was just not in alignment with who I wanted to be um, but I still kind of had that parameter of the Friday to Sunday um, I, it was probably just so I could tell myself that I wasn't an alcoholic. Mm. Um, cause I would set all kinds of different rules. Like I'm only going to drink beer. I'm going to try to count my drinks and nothing worked. So finally I just one day said, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to try it for one month. I'm just going to see how it feels. I'm not going to say that it's going to be forever, but let's just, see how it goes kind mm -hmm. of almost like a diet 
Yeah. So I'm curious, well, uh, before we get to that part, how long or like, what was the cycle like for you just drinking through the weekends? Is this something from college until your late twenties? Was this pretty consistent every weekend? Yeah, it definitely was every weekend. I'd say starting at age probably 18. Okay. So how do you think now looking back that you were able to have such strictness to maintaining it? Like how, how do you feel like you were able to keep it even though it was unhealthy and you knew that and you were trying to Mm -hmm. make rules, how could you keep it on the weekends and not spread it into the week? Um, Well, I worked nights, so that was helpful. Um, I also worked for my family, and I would be embarrassed if I were hungover in front of them because they would, they know me and they would know like that I was off. And I don't know. I just, I, I also do this with my food. I'll, I'll restrict something and then binge. So during the week, I would just work my ass off. I would, oh, I would exercise a lot to try to, you know, undo the damage. Um, but yeah, I, I think the accountability for the week came from my family. Mm-hmm. So that was your leverage is what that was. And it's interesting how we all have something it, in parts of our lives, at least for a period of time that, can use as our leverage. Just like, okay, well, I don't want my family seeing me this way. I work at night. So it's sort of like it even was trained in your um, unconscious mind early enough too. at such a young age. This is just how I drink. This is just what I do. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like it, it could have sort of just not was dormant during the week, but sort of, you know, when we think about I think of sometimes as a person like this unconscious mind, little person up there that does all that talking for us. And I, I share about that a lot, but it's like, okay, cool. We're just going to like cut her some slack during the week. Cause these rules are cool. Cause we get to go crazy on the weekend. <laughs> and right. It's like, you know, free falling on the weekend. So yeah. Did you ever have any, um, anything that, what like uh, a wreck or anything? Do you ever fall and get hurt? Like anything that you were like, "Whoa, this is really." Other than the breakup that got to you, um, <clears throat> yeah. When I was going through the breakup, him and I were still living together, and I went to a holiday party, and I had been drinking all day, and it was around Christmas time, so it was kind of almost like it was okay to be drinking all day. Um, so I went to a Christmas party that night and, um, my mom was like, just go to the party. Maybe you'll feel better. Cause I was so depressed and I ended up falling in the kitchen. I really barely remember it. Um, and I, they helped me get into a cab. Um, and then the next day I, I woke up, but it was a different kind of feeling when I woke up and I'm almost positive that I had a concussion um, because I was like really disoriented and I don't know my memory was off so that's when I told my mom I think I need to get go to a therapist and um, she paid it was like $300 to see a psychiatrist Um, 
And then he prescribed me naltrexone, mm-hmm. which was an opiate blocker. And I didn't even really look into it. I was just like so pissed off at myself that I let it get so bad that I'm like, I'll just do whatever they say. This is, it can't get any worse than this. So is that kind of your, that next stepping stone into the, you're like, Hey, I'm going to take a break. Is that when that kicked in or was that the same timing? That was around Christmas and I took that pill. I don't even know if it helped or not, but I know a lot of people have success with it. Um, but I didn't stop until April 21st. So there was a good four months Mm. since then. And did you spend time like going to therapy during that time and still drinking on the weekends or? Yeah, I did therapy twice a week and that really helped a lot. Um, And she never was like, you need to quit drinking. She was just kind of like, let's look at the habit and see where all this is coming from. And if it's not working for you, you might need to make a change. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was helpful experience for you? Yeah, it definitely. I think that's what, what changed it. Cause it was like, wow, no matter how I try to moderate this, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's the power of having a, you know, having that therapy or a coach. And honestly, this is exactly why I went into doing this and becoming a coach because I found power in that too, like having that, Mm -hmm. you know, making the decision to change. There's tools that we have and strategies, but just having that, that conversation and that accountability and for that person to kind of open up in you some new thoughts because we do get so trapped in the patterns that we have going on. Just like just Mm -hmm. that simple question of like, you know, well, let's just kind of explore a little bit. Is this really working for you? (laughs) You know, yeah, this really, you know, serving you in your life. So then, um, so you decided, all right, maybe I'm going to take a break. And I love how you said, um, something to the effect of like, I just want to see how that, you know, let's try this thing for 30 days. So kind of take me from there. What, what was next? When did you make that decision? April, you said. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I was riding my bike a lot, and I was listening to um, This Naked Mind mm-hmm. on audiobook, and I had so much guilt around the fact that I could not control how many drinks I have, like there's something wrong with me, and just something in her book around the science behind how our brain works and how addiction works made me feel like that guilt was released from me like it's not your fault that's literally alcohol doing its job and it's it's not your, your own fault so once I let go of that trying to control it 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 made it a lot easier mm, I love that so much honestly that is the, this naked mind um is I believe probably the first book that I read and it was recommended to me um, from someone that worked in the, you know, the therapeutic realm of with people that had challenges with drinking. And uh, mm-hmm. I think when, I think even when he said it, I was like, eh, whatever. But the yeah. science, it was, it was cool. Like the science was, that's really what sparked the interest in me learning more about the brain and the, the pathways. And like, so I love mm-hmm. how just 
you learning more, that's where education comes in and us exploring like what's going on here, you know? Yeah. Not necessarily internalizing it so much. It's like, wait a minute, you know, we're dealing with a, a very strong substance. It just happens to be legal and it happens to be, you know, culturally acceptable, but something's going on. And so I love how, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about for me, I'm just kind of reminiscing here. I don't know if it was guilt as much for me that was released or just the fact that I was like, Oh, you know, there was just so much pressure I put on myself. Like mm -hmm. more, I was more like, you know, you're so good. You're so good at these things and you're so disciplined. And I even had these right. conversations with my husband and just like, why can I not get this one thing under control? And that's what it mm -hmm. is, is this idea of control. So yeah, I love how I felt that, that way too. Mm -hmm. So good. Her, she's an excellent writer. So if anybody listening and I, you haven't heard me say that's a, a really good book, even if you're just super interested in learning a little bit more about how our brain works. And I've talked about before on a podcast too, um, the, um, the fly and the pitcher plant. And all that. And all that, that just killed me. Yeah. <laughs> killed I was you. like, wow, this makes so much sense. It does. I can't believe this. It's like a light bulb. You're like, whoa. I think right, the so audio book, it helped in a way because I'd be out. Like I, I told myself, I want my life to be the same, but without alcohol. So I would go, I would still go to like concerts and stuff. And when I would be uncomfortable, I would literally hear Annie Grace's voice from like the audiobook in my head. And there was a part where she said, if something's fun, it's fun without alcohol. If something's not fun, alcohol isn't going to make it fun. Mm. So I would just tell myself like, you don't need it. It's gonna, you're gonna have fun tonight. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I love that too. And I talk about that in the sense too of like, we get to make a choice. We get to have fun and choose to have fun, mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, there's been many times in my life that I was probably somewhere where there was stuff fun going on. I was just choosing to have a snotty attitude and just decided not to have fun because I wasn't in the mood or I didn't want to yeah. be there. Or I know there was times that I experienced where I was somewhere and all I could think about is getting home so I could have a drink. Like, cause there's right. no wine. There's no wine here. Like, why would you have a wedding without wine? you know, and then I go home, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, um, but all that was my mind and the choice that I could make. So now yeah. did you ever, once you decided that day, was that it for you or did, did you ever kind of dabble again later on? What was that story? Um, I had one relapse day. Okay. It was like three months in and I was on vacation with my family and I went out and to see some music and I ordered a virgin daiquiri and it didn't come virgin. So then I drank it and I'm like, well, I'm on vacation. And then I drank all night and then I woke up in, in the morning and I was like, it was like two o'clock and I missed the whole day at the beach with my family. I was so depressed. I was like, I cannot believe I'm sleeping in bed when I'm supposed to be at the beach. So I was like, I'm done with this. Like, this is actually ruining my life. <laughs> so ever since then, it kind of, it kind of reinforced why I quit. Yeah. So 
Yeah. I was just about to ask, are you glad that happened? Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it gave me a glimpse back to, you know, how depressed I would be the next day. And if I, if I romanticize drinking now, I just, I just remember like how how I'm going to feel the next day. I'm going to really be depressed. Yeah. And that's part of the process. I believe I, I find it super rare that someone decide that that is in this cycle of drinking, whether it's weekends or daily, like I was doing and in many patterns that many women deal with, I, f- I find it rare that they just go, okay, I'm done. And then are really done. I think it's those moments of those, whether you call it slip ups, relapse, mess ups, whatever. To me, that mm-hmm. is what actually helps seal the decision even more because you have a little bit of time to where you can kind of start to get clarity and feel a little bit better. And then I, I think it, like you said, kind of hits you harder after a period of time and then you lost a mm-hmm. whole day, you know? Yeah. So I want to su- I want to share and suggest with the women listening, like don't allow your, your brain or the enemy or whatever it is. That's, you know, that self inner critic talk to tell you that that is a, you know, to guilt you into it, use that as a, as a kind of a, a fuel and a tool to go, well, wait a minute. I feel like crap. I do not want to experience this again. Oh yeah, this is why I decided. And I'm going to use this and remember this because down the road, there will be inklings of that romanticizing that you said, you know, mm-hmm. something will happen or you'll hear some music or the sun will hit your skin or you'll smell something or, you know, I'm to which you're how many, so how long is this for you now? Where are you? I'm going to be at three years in April. Woohoo! Three years. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> so I am just over two and a half. Oh gosh. I'm three years in um, August. So cool. Oh, yay. But this year. Awesome. <laughs> I had to like, think about it. And there, I mean, honestly, I, I'm blessed enough to, to, to be in it to where I'm leading and guiding and talking about it and having a conversation. Cause I chose this path, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that there's not still that sometimes a thought. That's the thing too, is our, we cannot be guilted and by a thought because thoughts come and go all the time. Yeah. I mean, I walk by a table of like, you know, they're sitting outside in the summertime and they're drinking glasses of wine. I'm like, huh? Like for an instant, your brain goes, Ooh, that looks nice. But then instantly right behind it, the further you get in your journey, mm-hmm. you experience this, the further you get in, the more you have, you know, seen your life at the, in this new light, the more you're like, whatever. I'm sorry for them. <laughs> yeah. It's so detached. It's almost like I don't even think about it anymore. Yes. And if, if I say if people relapse or whatever you want to call it, it's fine. Like it doesn't have to be all consecutive days. It's not a race more days sober. You know, it doesn't matter if you, if you fall down, you just have to get back up and keep going. Absolutely. And I've seen people, that say, Oh, I had six months and I just failed. And, you know, in the alcohol groups and the communities, and I just want to say, you know, that's just one day. Keep, yeah, keep ticking, a, keep ticking day. a day. Yeah. Keep ticking away. You don't have to, you're not erasing anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so tell me what you did then. I had asked you earlier 
um, and I loved your answer, but I want you to share it is, uh, some things that you kind of wish you knew early on, um, mm -hmm. in your journey. Things I wish I knew in my journey. <laughs> um, that people in your life are going to be a lot more accepting than you think. And pe if people aren't accepting of it, then it's your, it's their loss because this is the new and improved you. So, and a lot of my friends really enjoyed being around me more sober. So that was interesting. <laughs> it kind of made me feel a little like weird, like, Oh, you, you really disliked me when I was drinking, but they're like, we, we love like the you now, you know, and it was really encouraging because it's, it's encouraging to know that I'm still fun. It's <laughs> over. Absolutely. Well, and it, obviously if they're true friends, then they loved you then too. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, they're not going to just be like, Hey girl, you know, you need to quit. And if they do, they realize that we, you know, we can't change other people, but we love them. We love them through their mess. So. Yeah. And when I would, get to the point of like blackout and being too drunk. It was, they were like, you know, that's not you anyway. You're, you're pretty much gone at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you now? What does life look like now? Um, and how you can kind of celebrate your gratitude and for where you are living in the current times. I'm very thankful that I'm sober through 2020 and to the beginning of 2021 because I don't think that I could cope with the amount of change and stress that the year has offered. Um, it just gives you a whole new level of coping skills to deal with whatever. Um, and I started, I started being self-employed in 2020. So that required a lot more time that I would have been, you know, hung over or drinking. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. And yeah, I'm just, it's really a whole new life. Hmm. Yeah. I feel the same way. And yeah, I can't imagine, um, not, I mean, I can just look back in 2020. So I am a, um, a hairstylist mm -hmm. and a coach. So I work, three to four days a week at the salon, but in 2020, you know, the shutdown happened. I'm fortunate enough. We were only out six weeks, but it was six weeks. Yeah. I know a lot of people have been out longer, but I thought about that. I thought, Oh my goodness. If I had been drinking like I was, right. I would have, it would have been like, forget four o'clock. It would have started early and it could, I have probably been. wouldn't have survived. Honestly. Mm. That's big. Yeah. That's big. Cause it, it, I mean, it could compile. And then like you said, the depression just gets through the roof. So definitely. Well, when you, when you're someone like how I was drinking, like I had these parameters around work. And then when you take that away, it would be like, it would be horrible. Mm. So yeah, I was glad that I, it wasn't a part of my life and it sucks to feel, to sit in your feelings when obviously we're going through a hard time, but you just, you have to, you, you feel the intense lows, but you also feel 
the intense highs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, <clears throat> I share about that a lot because I, I, I want to remember. So I like to share the same kind of experiences frequently about just numbing. You cannot numb one thing or just a portion of it. You can't numb the, the stress and the crap. You're numbing the joy too. And so when all those feelings start rushing back in, yeah, they're extreme. But then you start to experience um, pure joy and happiness and fun. Like you said, like I can, I can have fun in situations that might not seem like labeled as fun, but if I choose to have fun inside of it, I get to now (laughs) with, right. You know, it's just a blast. And this you're able to remember everything. <laughs> yes. And for me, um, also I, I love who I am now. Like I, mm-hmm. I care. I think I'm great. <laughs> you know, like I love me and I love the fact that I can admit my mistakes. And when I do mess up, I apologize. And, and I'm constantly growing where before I was just like stuck and, I, I, there was a time where I looked in the mirror. I'm like, who is this person anyway? So I think for me, even for coming from a woman's place of seasons of our life that we struggle, whether it be careers or children or um, anything, there's times where like, we don't even know who we are and what we want. So I feel like this actually was the gateway to me to be able to dive deeper in self-discovery in the growth part. Yeah. Another part of the reason why I quit was I knew that I could never have kids if I, if I were drinking, like when would I have time to be hungover or (laughs) you may go out and party. So Mm -hmm. I was, I I thought if I want to, you know, be in a relationship with a wonderful man and have a family, then I need to, I need to clean up. Yep. True. Absolutely. And just getting your body in a healthier place to house a baby. You know, we got to have a healthy body to have a baby in there. So tell me or tell the ladies listening, this is kind of our final portion of, you know, if they're out there right now and they're still, whether it's they're drinking on the weekends or drinking till the day, um, during the day, or just sometimes during the week and they're just, they're considering this thing. So I've tried this before and I'm struggling, you know, from your perspective, what would you like to share with them? If they said, maybe I'll give this a try. I would say just don't think about it and just start with one day, like do as much time as you think that you can and just start there. Don't even think about it. Just say, look, I'm going to do, one day or I'm going to do a week or a month and just see how, cause your body will change. And then you'll start to feel those, those good feelings that serotonin coming back and the mornings without the hangovers. Of course there's symptoms where, you know, withdrawal and everything, you know, you might want to go through it with a doctor, but just set a goal and don't overthink it. Just take action. Mm-hmm. That's great advice because we can overthink lots of things and we can look ahead a lot of the times. And this definitely is a journey where, yes, eventually there's going to be some time under our belt. And I'm really big on looking into the future and, you know, setting vision. 
but in the beginning it is it's purely that that making that choice daily it's really a daily choice you know not thinking about mm -hmm. next weekend when you know being prepared at some point when the concert's coming up but right now let's just let's just let's focus on today so right. thank you for that well i appreciate you and i'm thankful that you took the time to share and i think that um uh your story will really bless a lot of women listening so thanks again for your time thanks for having me okay girlfriend before you go if you found value in this podcast and it helped you please head over to itunes and leave a review every so often i will read reviews and give shout outs to dig deeper join us at set free sisterhood over on facebook I will pop the link in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone that would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, share it with them and take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and tag me. It's time to take back our power, ladies, and be set free. Until next time, stay blessed. Michelle.